Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. I'm the author of Dr. Afra, the audiobook, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. You don't know the power of the dark side. A Utini production. No feeble skills have no match for the power of the dark side. Episode 95, Dark Side Force Powers. Dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. On this episode, iJedi repercussions. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Star Wars video game announcements. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. And the Utini team talks about how good it is to be bad in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> good. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilison, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! We are ready! What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Living Force. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to delve into the vile depths of the dark side of the Force are the doctors themselves. We have Master of All Tech, Dr. Corey Hilton. Hi. Hello, hello. It turns out, it turns out when you get really, really intoxicated for a Patreon show and change all the settings, <laughs> everything goes to hell. Who would have imagined? Who would have thunk? And we're going to tell you all about that in just a little bit if you missed it. But first, we have to introduce Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hey, y'all. I was uh, super tempted to just start moving my mouth and not making any sounds to mess with Corey some more, but he's stressed out enough. <laughs> He's, he's worked enough. Uh, the entire website is refreshing as we speak. Hey, Wes Jenkins is also here. Hello. What, what's going on, everybody? Um, it's probably partly my fault. I said I was going to move some of this tech over to me, but I didn't do any of that this weekend. So, uh, <laughs> still, it's Corey's fault. Way to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what is what is all of our fault? Appreciate that. Is, is creating this show, and it's your fault for showing up and watching and or listening. And we thank you for it. We're happy to see everyone in the chat, including the very special birthday boy, Jose. Happy birthday, my friend. Jose, or Joxy, as y'all may know him, is celebrating a birthday today, and he's decided to spend some of his treasured 24 hours of birthdayness with us. Um, results may vary. I can't promise anything. <laughs> I think it'll be good, but... Uh, happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jose. Yeah. Yes way, Jose. Sorry to bring you back to middle school there. Uh, but before we get into the, the topic of tonight's show, which again is talking about some of our favorite dark side powers, which we did start to do last week and realized, hold on, we need content. We can make a whole show out of this. I wanted to talk about an event that we hosted on Friday night. Or rather, I want Corey to talk about an event we hosted Friday night. How'd it go? <laughs> Oh man, I had a lot of fun. So I finally, uh, I finally read *I Jedi* uh, to to our uh, lovely patrons. We had a really good time. Um, it's been a running joke, Utini, for the longest time how much I am not a fan of *I Jedi*. So uh, we made a drinking game out of it, and uh, I had way too much to drink, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And yes, *I Jedi* is just as bad as I remember. The alcohol <laughs> did not help. So. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. I think I think it's one of the most successful sort of behind the scenes Patreon events that we've ever done. Uh, it was so much fun. We had a ton of people in the chat. Um, it was it was a blast. Like, uh, what did you guys think? I mean, I certainly have different memories of it than you have, Eric. Oh, so. I, I have not <laughs> laughed that hard and that continuously in a while. And and honestly, like, I like to support everything we do. And I think we we put out a lot of good fun stuff. I was riveted for the entire t two hours. Of you sitting and reading the whole thing. And if you are on Patreon, I believe the video is accessible uh, to all should be. patron levels. It should be. It might be. be. <laughs> if it's not, yeah. I did. I did, I did make sure I, I hid it from the general public yeah. pretty well. So if you have trouble getting to it, let me know. Yeah. But I, I think one of the coolest things, too, was realizing, uh, one, just how much everyone kind of needed to blow off some steam. And it was a real fun way to just kind of join in something with a lot of good heart behind it, make a lot of crazy yeah. fun jokes. And um, for you patrons or people that are thinking of becoming patrons later on in the year, it is an event that we will seek to, if not duplicate exactly, um, it will definitely influence our future Patreon content. Because, as you said, Corey, I think it was very successful. I think it was a lot of fun. 
So keep your eyes peeled for more events like that in the future. Uh, Charles West, what did you think about Corey and his pool hat specifically? <laughs> oh my god! I just I don't know why we're asking the one person who can't remember the event to tell us their <laughs> thoughts on it first. Um, it was great, you know. It was great. It really kept me on the edge of my seat. A lot of tension. Like, is Corey gonna die? Isn't he gonna die? I don't know. <laughs> that was uh, it. Was it was good fun? Oh my god! He was. Uh, there were a lot of instances. Probably one or two sentences would go by. He's like, that deserves a shot. So that happened four or five times within 30 minutes. And we were like, Man, 45 minutes in, Corey has put back seven shots. Uh, <laughs> let's see how this it rounds was, uh, out in 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I am proud to say that I can certainly hold my liquor much more than I thought I could. So it was uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah. It was good. And Caitlin didn't have to hold my hair as I vomited all night. That didn't have to happen. That was, it was good. Great. She was willing, though. We got to give Caitlin props. Right. She did say you were a loud puker. <laughs> <laughs> She did indeed. So keep your eyes peeled. As we go forward on Patreon again, we want to communicate with you guys as to what you want to see from us. But if you want to see us get uh, a little intoxicated more often and read some of our favorite Star Wars books, uh, there are worse fates I can think of. Another thing we want to announce now is some pretty amazing news that came out last week about the High Republic books, which I have here seated to my left, your right, my left, your right, exactly because that's how cameras work. Debuting at number one on the New York Bets sellers list was Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. And number two on the New York Times bestselling children's books list was A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. And oh my God, this was huge, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, I and like the books are being I don't know if you guys have followed like a bunch of chats. The the books are sold out everywhere. Like, I've had people at Twitter trying to ask, like, how do I get a copy of A Test of Courage? Like, that's amazing. Yeah, totally. It's true. Uh, there's a couple of folks on our team that have uh, – Heather still hasn't gotten I haven't the gotten Jedi, my, I yeah. think, has she? I, ha- I haven't what? gotten my Test of Courage yet. It uh, it got lost wow. in the mail, supposedly, oh and a replacement was supposedly on the way, allegedly. Um, but it is not shipped <laughs> yet, allegedly. So, <laughs> who wow. knows? Oh, and also, adding to the to the little bit of uh, uh, excitement here, Spice Den says in our chat, Light of the Jedi was number two of all books on Amazon right behind the first Bridgerton book, uh, oh, which wow. obviously is a very big deal now because of Netflix. So Star Wars is dead, guys. I'm sorry to say. Um, <laughs> no one actually likes it. Oh, man. But, but this was amazing because I don't know if you guys had this reaction when you saw this news, but I, I feel like I forget that normal people read – Star Wars books now like people that aren't watching podcasts and aren't always on Twitter like people buy these books they do yeah like like it all got kicked off like back in the day with Timothy Zahn mm-hmm. like his books made made New York Times bestseller list every single time like I wonder how many Star Wars books have have done that it's probably fairly significant Jared has a list we'll have to ask him in the chat oh yeah he that's does right he does list. have a list yep. that's right. I believe I it is seven uh, if I remember correctly yeah. that, have hit, that have hit number one and that doesn't mean debuted at number one either necessarily um but just to have and I just I don't want to move off of this because that, that's the news it's great but I wanted to just emphasize a new era with characters no one has ever heard of from a first-time Star Wars novelist hit number one on the New York Times in its first week of release. Like, if yeah. that doesn't to- show you the hype for this new era, how excited people are. And, and I think more so, I just want to let people know, if you feel like the negativity of, of certain communities in Star Wars about like, oh, it's not the Old Republic, it's not KOTOR, who cares? This is mathematical proof that people care. Yeah. That Absolutely. the larger majority loves this and can't wait. Yes, and the content is so freaking good. It's premium, like, yo, for real. I I clipped out a um, well, like three minutes of the audiobook that I've been listening to yesterday. Um, no spoilers, uh, but there is a scene in the book where like uh, there's some pirates doing some drugs or something like that, and. Like Mark Thompson's performance and the music and the sound effects, it's just over the top. Like it was so unbelievably good. It might be like the best three minutes I've ever listened to in any audiobook ever. Like it felt like such a full production. Like, man, the content is so good. Like it's really, really good. And we have it, we have uh, the, the, as the highest rated adult novel ever. Yeah. Um, at, at, at Utini. So like, 
We all love that. Yeah, so well well deserved. And a gentle reminder, two weeks from tonight, we'll be starting our part one of the Light of the Jedi Roundtable. We are going to extend that, I think we've decided officially, into a three-part roundtable, purely because there's so much to talk about. It's all brand new, and we want to give it the time it deserves. So make sure you hang over here two weeks from now to get that going. All right. Speaking of our Patreon earlier, we wanted to thank a bunch of new patrons we got this week, including Sherry Asari, James Carson, Gene Bada, Mike Mankoff, Diana Coderjoy, Dearborn. Diana Coderjoy, Diana Coderjoy, Dearborn is one word. There was a space in the in the outline, but thank you all. <laughs> um, thanks for joining the Patreon family again. It is it is because of of again donations and kind like yours that let us do all the extra content we love that let us make sure that we keep our equipment up to date make sure we keep our servers running um so we can make sure to keep all these resources that you love and that you use uh going you know i think that's what we talk about a whole lot that the patreon money is the reason the website runs so it is thank you for that and we have set a date now for our phantom menace film commentary the four of us will be doing it is later in the month. We set a date, and I didn't write what it was. But it is set. It is set. <laughs> we picked a night. Uh, how it's going to work, the four of us are going to watch Phantom Menace together. We're going to just record our reactions, like, you know, just any kind of director audio commentary. And then we'll release that for our patrons so you can download it and play it anytime you want to watch Phantom Menace uh, with us. So that's that from the Patreon world. Corey, would you please talk about my favorite segment of the week? Absolutely. It's also one of my favorite segments of the week, and this is the uh, patron of the week. So uh, we, every single week we try to highlight somebody from our Patreon community. If you haven't checked that out already, we have a lot of really cool extra content in addition to Living Force. You also get this show early. Uh, and every week we try to highlight somebody in our community because they're super awesome. They hang out with us all the time, and uh, we, we love doing it. So, Wes, if you want to go ahead and throw that up on the screen. I'm Rob Neese, also known as El Rob on Discord, and I'm from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. It was my honor to be asked to appear as patron of the week on this episode of The Living Force, so here I am in my Rebel Command Center, or the home office. I'm pretty sure my gateway drug to become a lifelong Star Wars fan were the Kenner action figures, which might explain why I still collect them in the classic three and three quarters inch scale. My earliest memories of the film isn't actually all that positive, uh, as I clearly remember screaming in terror and running up the stairs away from the TV room whenever Return of the Jedi got to Vader's unmasking scene when we played it on VHS. I guess it was too much for my five-year-old brain to handle. From such traumatic beginnings, though, grew a lifelong admiration for the curious alchemy of humor, pathos, and high adventure that is the thread that binds the franchise. I can even remember the dark times before the release of Heir to the Empire when West End Games RPG modules and sourcebooks were my primary source for added lore and depth to the galaxy. Shout out to Trev, aka Darth Obscurus. He knows what I'm talking about. My favorite Star Wars story is a fascinating question to think about. I, I think for me it has to be Brian Daly's series of short novels called The Han Solo Adventures, which were among the first novels published set in a galaxy far, far away, apart from the film novelizations. And as an adolescent, uh, they really reflected the kind of freebooting, devil-may-care-but-with-a-conscience attitude that has made Han such an enduring and endearing character to many. Utini is actually the first thing I ever became a patron of, and I've got to say it was a great decision, as the depth and breadth of content waiting for you just behind a modest monthly contribution is truly staggering. Thanks to Discord, I've gotten to know a fair few Utini team members personally, and it really is my pleasure to support their passion and creativity. One thing I would ask the hosts is a what-if question. Uh, namely, if Star Wars didn't exist, uh, what do you think would be your biggest fandom and why? It can be pop culture, music, sports, whatever, but what would you be using to fill that void you wouldn't even know existed? Well, that's all from my cold suburban corner of the Outer Rim for now. Steady on, friends, and as always, be mindful of the living force. Oh, man. Good stuff. That was awesome. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Rob's been around for forever. Uh, love your story. Love the editing of these videos, too. Like, y'all keep doing... Great stuff, and make it you know, make us realize we got to edit a little more ourselves. I want to, uh, I want to, I want to shout out the uh, RPG source books. Do it because we we should we should. Have you guys ever handled one of these before? Absolutely not. Have you guys seen them? No. Yes, I 
We need to get we need to get Trevor to find us some copies, and then we need to have an entire episode just about the Star Wars RPG source books because those came well before any novels, before anything, and it was just like like imagine for a minute we have the films and that's it. There's no Wikipedia, there's nothing, right? There's mm-hmm. just the films. Then the source books came out, officially sponsored by Lucasfilm source books, I and mean, it was like it was like. They handed the fans Wikipedia. I mean, they named species that had been seen on screen. Like, they brought so much lore to the to the fandom. Like, it's it's really staggering is a good word for it. Uh, you used in the, in that uh, in your video is like it it truly was like the first Wikipedia. Like, it, it's so cool to like try to relive those moments of learning what the Cantina aliens were for the first time and that kind of stuff, because none of that was explained in the films. Right. right. So now we're like super spoiled because we have Wikipedia, which is all the information's on it. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of history in those books and that would be fun to discuss. I think. I'd love that. That, and, and I think, you know, you think about the kids that were bringing those to school in their backpacks and like putting them down on the lunch table and being like, Oh, and you know what a muftak is? Look at this. And they're just getting all excited <laughs> about like, cause they knew a person they could share that with, you know what I mean? And now we have this whole right. community. Absolutely love it. Rob, thank you for, for digging up that part of awesome Star Wars history. As to your question, I want to open this up to all of us, guys. If we didn't have Star Wars, what would we essentially be obsessed with? Now, I know we all have other interests. That's kind of one of the things that I actually like about us, that we, we love Star Wars, but we're also people that like a lot of stuff. I know, uh, Corey, you, uh, you have an addictive personality. <laughs> I, think we could say I have so many freaking hobbies it's kind of ridiculous like i just i don't do anything at a charles you asked me last week like you asked me if i do anything at less than 117 percent. i don't i don't think so man i really don't um as far as like fandoms mm-hmm. like specific fandoms i would probably be a little more into comics i believe like i've recently dived into that me and caitlin are actually going through a marvel rewatch right now oh those um, are fun and uh yeah, so like I just I watched uh, I saw Captain Marvel for the first time yesterday. I, I don't right. know how I hadn't gotten around to watching yeah. that yet, but um that that universe is super fun. Like you introduced me to Marvel Unlimited this year, Eric, and I've been really diving into a lot of those uh, digital comics has been fun and that's an enormous universe. Yeah. Way more complicated and convoluted than Star Wars too. Oh, let me tell yeah. you that. Like People get irritated about the whole canon versus legends <laughs> thing. It's like there are nine spider verses. It's like what the hell? You don't even it's know. Like how do you keep any of that straight? That's a good one, Charles West. What about you guys? Charles, go ahead. Mm, I, <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if there's another fandom that could like fully capture my mind the way that Star Wars is. I love other properties, like I love the Lord of the Rings, but. It almost gets like too heavy for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure. I, I honestly, I might just spiral even further into my whole of fandom that is the Miami Heat. I would yeah! probably just endlessly, <laughs> I probably endlessly just watch NBA games. Like, instead of Team Pass for Miami, I would have League Pass, and I would just sit in front of the team. I would buy a recliner. Like, I would go way too hard into that. Love that, Wes. Um. So I'm kind of already in it, and I've lived it my entire life. It's not really a – I guess it would be a fandom. I don't know. I'm a big pro wrestling nerd. Yeah. Big pro wrestling nerd. Ever since I was a little <laughs> kid, my dad and I would watch it every day or every Monday, and then every – turns out every Thursday, then every Saturday, and then I go to my friend's house on Sundays and watch the pay-per-view. So <laughs> I'd, I'd be super big into that, and I already got – I mean, I got sound clips already on my thing. Like all of that, I love it. I still watch it. My friends ask me questions. My buddies ask me questions. My buddies' buddies ask me questions, and I got all the answers. So let's do it. That <laughs> that's um one nice job being prepped. Two way to flex that you had a friend that could afford pay per view. You're cool. Um, uh, he couldn't afford anything. He had that magic box that uh, my oh, parents yes! didn't know about. <laughs> you always see one of those. One quick story: If you turned it on to channel ninety nine and cable, and Goldberg came out and his sparks flew up in his face, the the channel would go amazingly to the actual picture for a good ten to fifteen seconds. And I waited in my parents' room for about three hours just to see that one fifteen second part. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. God, what a time! What a That's time fantastic. we had. Um, I'm gonna actually say this honestly, the same thing as you, Corey. It would be Marvel for me. Uh, Back when I was in college, I got into Marvel Comics, uh, like, right after Iron Man came out, right? Iron Man came out in 2008. I entered college 2009. Oh, yeah. 
So I was I started reading all the comics, and I had trays and trays, shelves and shelves of comics. And then I got into Image Comics DC, and I I I, I would buy probably around twenty five to thirty dollars of weekly comics. Um, wow. When I yeah, at my peak, awesome. I was going Ooh. to the comic book stores. I had subscriptions. I had long boxes. All into it, and this was before I really before Force Awakens came out, which is what brought me back to Star Wars, you know. Um, so at, if Star Wars hadn't stopped that, I guess I definitely would have kept going that way. And I I, I yeah. fell off of the weekly comic stuff because I realized I was spending thirty dollars a week uh, on, on hobby, comics. Sure. So I pulled back, but but yeah, those universes I loved those. I mean, Daredevil was my guy number one. I read all that stuff. I like Corey, like with your Star Wars books, I found a giant Marvel Comics torrent when I was in college and just loaded oh, yeah. on an iPad and just read nice. hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> nice. so. But great question. I think I would I think I would uh I think I would probably choose DC comics over Marvel, funny enough. Hey, like, you know, some people like, are right and some people are wrong. It's whatever. You know, you can uh, <laughs> no, no, wait, kidding, kidding, kidding. Hold on, keep listening. I think I'd be a dark horse guy more than I would uh, DK or DC or Marvel, but you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine, man. I, I, read Boom or you're dead to me. Anyway, I'm like a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> myself. I don't only only the comics though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I great question though, Rob. I think that there's one of the coolest things about nowadays is that whatever you're into, uh, you can find hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are yeah. also into that thing. So continue to love what you love and rock out your own personal fandoms, y'all. All right. And small, uh, small shout out to the Brian Daly books too. Those oh are, yeah, those are pretty good. Cool throwback in there, also. Love those. Which Lando referenced in uh, the solo film, which is sick. Yeah. Which is crazy. And those were uh, in Utini book boxes back in the day, if we remember correctly. Back in the day, that's correct. All right, now for this week's Star Wars Weekly Roundup, we do not have a new reference book for you just yet. Hopefully, you're uh, you're backlogging some of those we've talked about the last few weeks. But I did want to take just a second to highlight uh, a test of courage. Because this High Republic novel, uh, middle grade reading novel, is not one that we'll do a full roundtable on. There is a full review up both on the YouTube channel and on the website, so definitely check those out. But I just wanted to accentuate this on the video show because I know some people still find that middle grade novels aren't necessarily something you want to try, may not be something you ever wanted to pick up. And I just want to say this is, this is definitely a key part of the High Republic story. Now, as we've said in previous shows, you're not going to miss out on like plot points and not understand future books if you don't read this. That's not how they work. They want to just accentuate the story. But if you want a story that involves some really cool, fun, young characters, a bunch of like young Jedi that when the adults aren't around, how do you survive? How do you learn to deal with grief um, as a young person? I think are, are all very realistic lessons. And also they recanonize the light whip. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty quick. It's a pretty quick read. And one thing I wanted to show here, uh, speaking of Light Whip, is that there are some amazing illustrations in this book. Look at that. Look at that artwork. Sick. Like it's not it's not a picture book by by any means, but there are just a couple really nice illustrations that can show you more characters, uh, kind of guide you along the journey. So if you can find it, which again is so awesome that that's a problem. Um, Justina Ireland's A Test of Courage is out now from all booksellers, and some of the characters will be featured in Justina Ireland's, uh, I believe, oh, gosh, out of the, it's not the dark, out of the light? Her next YA novel, I've forgotten now, that is the next uh, YA novel in the High Republic. You're going to get their backstories right in this book. So definitely check that out. And another thing I wanted to talk about, we had some news. I want to bring the boys back here with me if I could. We talked about Lucasfilm Games recently, guys, and we're like, oh, that's probably, like, mobile games and more Star Wars things. And then they're like, hey, guess what? Two big announcements happened this week. Number one, Bethesda, who did Skyrim, Wolfenstein, etc., are going to be making a new Indiana Jones game. Uh, And Lucasfilm Games is going to be making, also with Ubisoft of Assassin's Creed fame, an open-world Star Wars game, which Mm. I think we've been asking Mm. for forever? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. These are huge announcements. What did you guys think when you heard about these? I still don't believe it. <laughs> I still don't believe there's going to be an open world Star Wars it's game. It's going to get scrapped. Yeah, there's a thirteen thirteen um, hit us too hard. <laughs> there's a video <laughs> on YouTube that shows the map size of certain open world games, and I forgot which. I mean, it would go. It starts. It's like a three minute long video, and it gives like 
two or three seconds on a map size of how big certain games are. Mm -hmm. And it goes, like, the biggest is, one of them is World of Warcraft, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how they are going to satisfy every Star Wars fan with, you can't satisfy Oh, I was like, Wes, you silly summer child, you can't satisfy Star Wars fans! (laughs) What are you thinking? An open world Star Wars game where you can go anywhere at any time, I don't believe, I have to see it to believe it. I have to yeah. see it to believe yeah, that's, it. That's open galaxy, right? That's not open yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's that's <laughs> my question, isn't it? Because are we talking like uh, a Cyberpunk 27 Witcher 3 type open world RPGs, which are all, you know, one continent, one city. Right. Uh, which are huge. And even, I mean, can you imagine Coruscant, Cyberpunk 2077 sized, where you can just go all over the place? That's amazing. Or yeah. are we talking like Mass Effect Dragon Age, where it's like multiple right. realms, multiple planets? Yeah. It's just Tatooine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just Tatooine. I mean, it's like, it's like the Kotor games. Uh-huh. Like, like those were relatively open world. I mean, you can kind of go wherever you want, but it is still sort of steamrolled. So I, I don't, I don't really know what that looks like. What does truly open world look like? I don't really know. Right. Star Wars, Je- Jedi Fallen Order. That was kind of open world. I'm not really sure. So hard to say. Hard to say. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Wes. Like I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. <laughs> I, also, it's not being produced by EA, which still yeah. feels strange. Yeah. Like. We thought we were trapped in that con in that that contract for yeah. a while, and it seems that they're not somehow. So how the hell did that happen? Is there some controversy associated with that? I mean, well, actually, I did read did an, they pay a bunch of money. Yeah, I did read an article, and they said um, money. Uh, I think cures everything. <laughs> so I think, like, you know, I think that there's the very big, very big possibility that we could get a product that is going to be more expansive than we thought. And I'm glad they're using top tier studios. Um, yeah, I know that. What do you, what do you think the odds of it being a game that's outside of mainstream canon is? Like outside like of Skywalker's? High Republic, for example. Okay, okay. Yeah, like like you know like like High Republic, like something completely new. Um, like you know the old the old Republic MMO, right? Like all that is new. All the temples are new. The way people act uh-huh, is new. Like uh-huh. I don't know I don't how. Think they'll do or, that. Is this, or is it gonna be? Or is it gonna be Fallen Order? Are we gonna be killing Empire? Like what's it gonna be like? Thirty percent. Yeah. It's yeah. it's gonna be most likely stuff that is as appealing to the most people possible. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have yeah, some familiarity. That's probably true. Yeah, and yeah. we don't want we don't want it to be t- like too too much like too specific, right? Because if it falls flat on its face, they're not gonna make another one. Right. So that's true. And I think the thing with open world games too, you know, is that. Because Jedi Fallen Order, it's canon, right? Obviously, um, we got the oh god, that new logo is so good. Um, Fallen Order is canon because you're still only playing as Cal. You can customize to an extent, but like his canon lightsaber is still blue. His canon costume is this. But with open world games, I mean, your character, you're changing outfits, you're you're upgrading gear. Like, I think they're gonna really play with canon here. And and John Dutch Vander in the chat does ask, you know, are we still getting Fallen Order two? Yes. Yes, we are. That is confirmed, and that's really why I think this was such a big deal. Was that they announced we are getting Fallen Order two, but we're also bringing in Bethesda. We're bringing in Ubisoft. It's starting to feel more like Lucas Arts vibe of like we have yeah, multiple like the branches, old days, man. Yeah, and the Skywalker Saga Lego game is still coming out. Like I think they're they're bringing in multiple studios to work on multiple games simultaneously to get a a, a more more constant flow of Star Wars projects. And I'm frankly just so stoked to finally have paid time off yeah. at my job so I can really? play all these things. <laughs> so you have like you have an open world concept like Cyberpunk 2077, but with cantinas and uh, like various shops. Basically, you could have a Galaxy's Edge, but you have it 5,127 times on Coruscant. Yeah, <laughs> it just keeps going <laughs> yep. down all yep. those different <laughs> levels. Uh, but obviously, uh, there's gonna, it's going to be a while before we hear anything about this game. Either one of them, frankly. Yeah. But I'm. It'll be 23, yeah. probably. Yeah. Am I like I would be surprised if we get a something that we're not expecting before like 2023, which seems like you know that's when the next film is going to be like, you know, we got plenty. Of time. Yeah. Hey, you know what I'm going to say? That's that. still within the. It will be within the presidential term. There you go. It's not that long. <laughs> we'll be fine. Uh, but now, if you want to, of course. Keep up with all our news. Stay tuned. Every week we'll bring you the latest Star Wars news on the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. And if you want to buy some books, make sure to head over to utini.com. There's affiliate links to everything you could possibly want, including every new release on our new release schedule, starting with Into the Dark by Claudia Gray, which I have over here, which is, of course, coming out February 2nd. 
Charles, before we jump into our dark side talks, can we do just maybe one, uh, let's do a couple book reviews here. Maybe okay. one. Maybe two. Maybe, it's up maybe to you. One, maybe two. It's your segment. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and kick this off by doing a review from Rob Neese. That might sound familiar. He's our patron <laughs> of the week. And he reviewed Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Surprise, surprise. He gave it five stars and says, we are all the Republic. Not going to lie. This one is a little bit long. Here we go. Charles Soule first came to prominence as a comics writer, including some Star Wars titles such as the extremely well-received Star Wars Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith series, but as proved by his excellent The Oracle Year, prose novels are equally within his wheelhouse. As the lead-off adult novel of Lucasfilm's High Republic publishing initiative, he had a lot of responsibility with this one, both to the readers and his fellow Project Luminous authors, and he delivered in a major way. The characters, quirky, well-defined, and memorable. The settings, mostly original and well-developed. The action sequences, thrilling. The do, daring. But what I most (laughs) wanted to talk about in this review is the point on which most tales from a galaxy far, far away live or die. The villains. Enter the Nile. These Mad Max-looking lunatics are the depraved flip side of the Galactic Republic. Reavers, killers, pirates, and wholesale hedonists who exist in the metaphorical shadows cast by initiatives like the Republic Starlight Beacon Space Station and the Outer Rim, meant to bring unity, progress, and fellow feeling among the more rugged planets of that area of space. Their leaders are just reflections of this canny wantonness. They seek not to rule the galaxy, but to prey upon it at their whim. At least, almost all of them. I don't want to get too much into Marky and Roe, for fear of spoiling what he's all about, but trust me when I say that Soul has added a wholly original, unpredictable, and downright fiendish big bad into the canon, which at this point cannot be an easy feat. I can't wait to see what he does with the character next and what his actions and their repercussions will mean for characters throughout the High Republic books to come. And he, thankfully, at the end, I'm going to read this too. There's a, a, a too long, didn't read version and it says a fantastic space opera in conversation with star wars we know and love but boldly telling original stories and i have a feeling the best is yet to come wow thank you rob Nice. you provided your own mini review uh that supplements eric's quite well over on utini.com um let's see wes you want to hit up this cad bane review sure speaking of cad bane Cad Bane, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule also gives it five stars. Stunning first novel in the High Republic era. Soule has exceeded all my expectations of his first Star Wars novel, grabbing the reader's attention from the word go. He takes you on a thrillingly journey through a time never explored before, through the eyes of a host, host of new characters who can't help but become attached attached to from the moment they're introduced. Soul delivers rich world-building, exciting new characters, and the ability to take your emotions on a wild ride. There's everything to love about Light of the Jedi! Exclamation point. Awesome. Thank you, Cad Bane. I'm glad uh, both Cad Bane and Rob Neese didn't spoil it for me, because I have much to read, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Not dude. much to read. <laughs> I have about two-thirds left, but um, anyways... Great reviews. I cannot yeah. wait to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, really well done. I will say before we go to our little merch ad here, uh, Charles, you did. Fi- you said last week you were going to finish the book after the show. You did? Can you give our audience a little sneak peek into what you'll be saying in two weeks on the roundtable? <laughs> two thumbs up. Two two thumbs up. Great. That's all I got for this now. This is also audio. All right, great. <laughs> tune, tune into the round table is what I have to say. I'm not going to spoil it now, but guys, I have written more pages of prompts for this book than any other in the history of Utini, and that's saying something. Uh, so we're going to have a whole lot to talk about and break down. Can't wait. All right. Last week, my guys, my friends, my compatriots, we talked about the Jedi and how they have evolved from Luke Skywalker barely be able to lift his lightsaber out of the snow to pulling Star Destroyers from orbit and walking through dreams. Now this week, I want to talk to you guys about the dark side of the Force. So, to start off this conversation, when we first saw the dark side, first thing we ever saw, Vader choking people, right? I feel like that's, that was number one. As a kid, what did you think when that, when, when that started to happen? When, when Vader just reached out crushed that little windpipe in that meeting in New Hope. I wish I could do that too. 
That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I just heard so much about you, Wes. <laughs> All right. That's a little concerning. <laughs> All right. So other than that, like this is I don't uh I don't I don't have any memory of that's like too far back. I can't remember yeah, what it was like that's, to see that for the first that's time. That's the problem, right? Like my literally my earliest memory is watching the VHSs and and the, my earliest memory is watching Empire. So I don't know what the heck I was thinking when I was watching A New Hope. Right. All right. So let's let's be a lesson to all of you that are going to start a podcast someday. Always remember to deny the prompt. That really helps stimulate the conversation. <laughs> yes, and a is that plus. No. <laughs> So I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way then. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, when Palpatine uses Force Lightning for the first time, I feel like that ups the game pretty significantly as far as the dark side goes. Because up until then, we saw Vader move stuff with his mind. We saw Luke move stuff with his mm-hmm. mind. We saw Vader sense Luke. We saw Luke sense Vader. Like, it was pretty even-even, right? And then, once Palpatine shot lightning out of his hands, I feel like the, all of a sudden the scales were turned. And we're like, oh, wait, this is something the good guys can't do? So then Luke deciding yeah. to be good meant a little more, didn't it? I, I, I do remember it being really scary that, that ah, Corey has a memory. Got shot with all the good. all the lightning. Yeah, it, you had to it wasn't until you brought up the lightning. Yeah. You said you said force <laughs> I choke, I think is what, what you oh, yes. I don't and I don't remember the first force choke thing. That one just made sense to me, I guess, as a kid, but the lightning, that's in there. It's in there somewhere. I do remember that. It was scary. And I always thought like you remember when Luke's like holding on to that round thing? Yeah, and he, he yeah. like almost he almost like falls in the big hole because he's holding the round thing. I was like, Dude. I remember that freaked me out as a kid. I was like, quit leaning that way, bro. What are you doing? Dude, he, like, he acts the crap out of that scene. I mean, like he does. He's just screaming in, in agony. No, and the the lightning on his teeth. Mm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like yeah. it's over his teeth or I whatever. Feel it yeah, right now. Like I, I know, I know. Yeah, that like messed with me as a kid, man. It like screwed me up. Yeah. Have, Father, you guys, please. have you guys ever wondered why, just speaking of the force choke thing, why does Vader physically choke that one dude? Why oh, does to he make it personal? To... That's what it's gotta be. You think oh, yeah. you mean in you mean in the very beginning where he yeah. holds him up? I think it what is it? That's Captain Antilles. Captain Antilles, yeah. 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 He mm-hmm. he's like actually physically choking him. Like, did he really hate that dude or was that like a nice <laughs> way to choke and kill somebody? I don't know. Oh man. I don't know. I mean do we do we see Darth Vader force choke anybody else like in such close proximity ever though? Uh, like not such like he reaches across Krennic, he reaches across the table to choke. Yeah, yeah. Still, he's not like right in front of him though. I mean, he did it while he's walking in the direction. Yeah. Remember, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, we could also use the the classic excuse of so Lucas hadn't thought of it yet. <laughs> yeah, Vader's just True. lazy. Oh god, yeah, you're like right. outside of my arm's reach. I'm just gonna have to force choke you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it. I don't want it. <laughs> But I thought it was interesting that, that, you know, the original trilogy, I feel like with, with both sets of powers, we talked about this last week with the Jedi, the original trilogy focuses a little more on the might, right? Like of the, oh, wait, we're going to choke, we're going to do lightning. And then the prequels, we get to the prequels and it becomes a lot about, oh, the dark side is clouding my vision. Uh, oh, I'm feeling cold. Like it's a lot more of an aura kind of thing. And, I, and it's, it's interesting how the perception of the dark side, I feel like goes that way in storytelling it becomes like we definitely get some cool powers which we'll talk about a little later but what do you guys think about the dark side as time goes on becoming more of a of a cloud becoming more of a feeling that kind of you know tries to snuff out light yeah man i don't even i don't even know what the force is anymore like like we it's such a it's such like an untangible thing at this point like it's gonna be cool to it's been it's already been cool to see how the light of the Jedi has described mm-hmm. the force because like we have, we have a lot of sort of commentary on how different Jedi experience the force or just the force in and of itself is so, so hard to say. Like they talk about the dark side clouding everything and in, in the, in the prequel trilogy, what the hell does that even mean? Like, how does that work? How does it cloud everything? I don't know. It's still so confusing. I think yeah, it's, it's cool. Go Sorry, ahead. go ahead, Wes. I just just saying it's very elaborate in the prequel trilogy of how the yeah. dark side clouded everybody and all the Jedi's judgment, mm-hmm. basically turning Anakin against the Jedi because he he put that or Palpatine put that in his mind about the only yeah. way the only way that you can save Padme's life is by turning to the dark side, and then on top of all of that, they built an army. All because of the dark side clouding mm-hmm. the judgment of the Jedi. And then you keep going down all these different paths of why 
everything happened in the prequel trilogy is that it was all because Palpatine's doing it. It's he's crazy powerful with that. Just not even and he's not even using anything to to hurt somebody. He's used right. he's just using it to to change people's minds. Just crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, right. And I think that's one of the coolest things too about Star Wars that it inverts the classic fantasy trope. Because I think in classical fantasy, it's the one brave knight against the forces of darkness, right? And it's like mm. all the minions and evil people are, are coming upon this one hero that then has to fight back. Whereas in the prequels, it's only Palpatine. And he takes on the entire Jedi Council, the entire Jedi Order. So the numbers are actually in favor of light for once. And darkness still wins because of the way he works. And I think that's an interesting... Uh, that fascinated me as a kid... Because especially when you brought up KOTOR earlier, Corey, that when you play the mm-hmm. games and stuff, they really try to make it clear that raw power, you're going to be stronger with the dark. That's the point. Yeah. And, and Palpatine... The powers are always better on the dark side in the game. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's how it is. And then we see things like the, the mind suggestion or the mind touch, as they call it in Light of the Jedi, it becomes more and more of a dark force ability because you're, you're twisting will and you're twisting things. And... Uh, I wonder if you guys agree with this statement, too. I would say that Star Wars makes evil seem like almost the most appetizing of any media yeah. because you can literally change the universe through the Force to the way you want it to make your life easier. Yeah. I do I do remember back when I was playing the uh, the Star Wars MMO when it first came out, I remember seeing at, at launch um, 60% of users were playing as dark side characters really? and i was like holy crap wow. that's like fairly significantly more than half like it was like no i think it was even higher than that at one point up to like in the 70s if i remember yeah. correctly like to the point that it was becoming a problem with the balance of the game of like way too many people want to play as the bad guys <laughs> not the good guys you know so, why though because that's that's every person out there who gets like halfway cut off in traffic and like just grits their teeth and waves <laughs> them in and then they get home and they log in as like the sith Trooper or whatever, like the Sith and Quiz, I don't know what they were, and and they just force choke the hell out of people that are supposed to represent that dude that cut them off. I I totally buy that, but I do want to ask because Wes, you wanted to kill people when you were a child, as you said, but I do want to (laughs) say when you guys start any kind of game like that, uh, when when there is a morality scale, do you go light or dark first playthrough? I go light every time. I go go dark. I always go light. (laughs) I, I go like, dark. I like never even make a single dark side decision. Like my bar is like gone from blue <laughs> to white. I'm so pure. That somehow doesn't surprise me at all. Dang, Charles, like, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. You learned something about the living force, host, everyone. I. What did What did you say, Eric? Oh, light. I I always do light, and you always go light. And even like when they, I I I try to be better as I get older to make a couple bad decisions just to make it interesting. Like like I in try Mass Effect. I try, I try to, to be a better, worse person. <laughs> yeah, you know, like in the Mass Effect games, I'll do all the light general stuff, but every once in a while, I'll shoot a person if they're annoying me, just to, like keep it fun. But it depends how impatient I am. How, how long I've been playing this day? If, it, if it's, I've been playing for like four hours, I'm like, oh god, this just give me the information I want, man. Like then I'll just kill them. So, Mike, yeah. Eric, when you're playing Cyberpunk and you yeah. cut somebody off and they shout out, "Hey, I got friends," you're like, oh. What's that? And you turn your car around and you go back. You you, you got friends, and then you pull your shotgun out. You shoot him in the face. Is that kind of that's wow. exactly that kind it. Of your, um, oh yeah, oddly <laughs> specific. If I have to get three point two kilometers away, I'm gonna hop a curb and kill someone if it's quicker. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ish. But I do want to ask you guys because speaking of gameplay, I think this is also a fun little transition to to acknowledge the dark side of the force. I think we can say is really expanded the most through games and books and comics. Because the the, oh, yeah. the movies yeah. are, and TV shows are shown through the point of view of the light side. So we the dark side are the enemies that we see. Yeah. Whereas in games, like we're talking Force Unleashed, we're talking Old Republic, things like that, and books especially, which I really want to dive into because we're the living force, we get to see so much about the dark side. So I want to ask you guys off the bat, when you think of the dark side in the EU, regardless of medium, what's the first thing pops into your head? What does it mean to you? Darth Bane. Bane. Yeah. Thought bomb, bro. It's the thought bomb. Come on. <laughs> it is, yeah. man. It is. So, I thought you said Bond for think... a second like an asshole. Oh, you mean Darth <laughs> Bond? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Anyway, Corey, sorry. <laughs> oh man, I think um, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think uh, we we saw the. I mean, you got to think about how the how the EU sort of progressed, right? Yeah. And obviously, when we're talking about EU, we're talking about canon and legends, as we always say on on the Living Force. But specifically, legends came first, right? So, like, just chrono- like production wise, as books were released, they told a lot of stories about characters like Luke, who were depicted as naturally having a lot of limitations, and that's that's you know that's the thing they do is they overcome that right. stuff, right? So. Like we, there just wasn't a lot of epicness, I think, happening from the light side in books for the longest time. And I would, I would go as far to say as like, in light of the Jedi, is maybe some of the first time we've seen hugely epic stuff happening in canon and like at all from the light there side. There is a moment in light of the Jedi which I cannot wait to talk about in the roundtable that made me like jump up and like yeah, yeah. when and it it is those cinematic like epic is the exact right word for it right. that we've gotten. They're to really s- pushing the limits of what the Force can do exactly in the realizing that. The yeah. light side of the force isn't all about meditating. Sometimes you can just kick ass. Right. And I think that's what I'm kind of getting at is like there was because of the this, this storytelling medium of what happened in the original trilogy, we start off with this overwhelmingly powerful evil, mm-hmm. right? So like and then you have Luke who has these limitations. They sort of set the story up to make it really epic for the dark side mm-hmm. users. You know what I mean? Cuz like because Luke is is the, you know, he's like the climax of what you can be as a Jedi as so far mm-hmm, in the storytelling, mm-hmm. but we have the Emperor, who's this crazy, scary dude that can shoot <laughs> lightning out of his fingers. And so it was really easy to go back and tell stories like Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's talk about Darth Bane for a minute. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Darth Bane trilogy, I think, paved the way. You know, I, I sent you guys this link of uh, all the <laughs> some of the listed dark side powers from yeah. Wikipedia earlier. And, like, I, I've, I pulled up, like, three or four just while we're chatting here, and all of them have Darth Bane listed in the references section. So, like... Yeah. I mean that that trilogy was was key for really paving the way for yeah. pushing the limits of what the dark side can do. Absolutely, that trilogy has is a great example of the progression of the dark side mm-hmm. of how you just used anger to help fuel your your rage and your power, and all the mm-hmm. way up to you know trying to to um, pass on his essence to somebody else. So yeah, it's a really good example. It's a great word for that too, Wes. Is that progression? Because I think why Bane is so successful is that it was a trilogy that was clearly meant as a trilogy from Go, and it told the story of a person that's not it's not a kid trying to find their way in the world. It's like an adult that discovers a truth and discovers this secret side of the world kind of that he never knew before and becomes the epic master of it by turning it all on its, on its head and discovering just the depths of depravity and, and destruction yeah. along the way. I mean, some of these... When, it, when we were talking about doing this episode first, the first thing I thought of, the first thing I thought of was the, like, forced storm of lightning that Bane had in a fight with a bunch of Jedi. I think it's in the second book. I think it's in Rule of Two. Um, he just the cre- forced storm? That's in the first one. It's in the first, in the first one. God. Yeah. Like, I read those, like, last, oh, yeah. like, last year, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The training the first one, first is, one. The, is in the, the yeah. – what he does mm-hmm. in the basement. At the Sith Temple or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, they just follow business. But like, yeah. that's, but then not he does, that's not hard. That's not hard. Yeah. But he just does these incredible feats, and 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 the way uh, Carpenter, Drew Carpenter, writes it is is obviously I think more more to blame for all this greatness. Like he just writes how much raw energy it takes, and and even though they're just words on a page, I feel like you can feel how much yeah. how strong Bane is, and he's he's reaching into the universe and telling it what to yeah. do. And like uh, I think the dark side is sort of set up nicely to to be told in the way that the it happens in Bane's stories. Mm-hmm. He he finds and seeks out these ancient texts with mm-hmm. these Sith rituals, and like it's all very uh, I don't know a- alchemic maybe. Like yeah. uh, there's just a lot of there's this epic sort of nature uh, yeah. to the 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 evil of what what was from the past, right? And yeah. continually, and the, and it also highlights like. The nature of the dark side and the cruelty of it, just you know, how you, how people are. Like uh, the one scene that totally sticks with me more than anything is that horrible scene where he's like, he's like trying to survive in the desert, trying uh, to get from point A to point B, yeah. and he comes across that dad and his kids, and he slaughters them all, and like he like kills the kid in front of the dad and stuff, and makes mm. him watch and feast on like the the fear the, and despair. the fear and the pain. It's just like good. God, this is like so over the top. They really push the limits with that stuff. I mean, some would say horrible. Some would say <laughs> survival. It's survival. <laughs> Satisfying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Some would say uh, inspiring. 
entertaining. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think we could do we could do episodes upon episodes on Bane, and, and I'm sure uh, uh, tune in to Legends Look Back. But uh, I, I do also want to kind of expand beyond it because Bane, like you said, set the groundwork. I think for where the Force could go, and then we mm. just we kind of went nuts. I think uh, just as we said, Legends. Yeah, took, <laughs> over the top. Yeah, no. Legends, they took the Jedi and like, well, we always have to be stronger than the Sith, so we got to make a Jedi thing that's stronger than the Thought Bomb, I guess. And we got to like, yeah. Uh, but but the darkness had to grow with it. So I, I want to highlight some of our most fearsome, uh, uh, dark side, both users and dark side powers from Legends. I know that Corey, you you had mm-hmm. us bring up this document here, and I think. The number one thing when I think of the most powerful, ridiculous OP, oh, so that's why they had to restart Star Wars power, is the <laughs> fact that the dark side can legit just eat planets. Yeah, <laughs> yes. This, I was hoping you were going to bring this Oh, yeah, no, Sith, go for that. This was the Sith equivalent of the hold my beer moment. Like, 100%. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I think that in a... It's in a book. I, what is it in a book? It's not the Bane books, I don't think, is it? Where, like... There's this. I specifically remember this scene where somebody takes a character to a planet and everything is dead. I think it is the Bane books, actually. It's either Bane or Revan. I'm not sure which one it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is Revan. Spiceton says it's in Revan. He usually yeah, knows the stuff. I think it's Revan. So, Good, yeah, Spiceton. Yeah, okay, yeah. like it's just like the the Emperor when uh, when the Emperor like just he like sucks the life out of the planet and they go there and there's nothing there. There's no life. Yeah. There's no sensation. There's no feeling or emotion. It's just emptiness yeah and it's just like it's quiet it's nice <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out west jesus christ I mean, honestly once they opened the door with the phrase sith ritual you could do whatever the hell you yeah. wanted i know you know yeah and, and that that first i don't know what emperor that was like the first emperor i don't know what what the guy's name was but he was like the most ridiculously overpowered person ever and like to the point that they couldn't even properly tell his story because it was just it's just so ridiculously done. Like we get a little bit of him in the in the Kotor games because Revan and Malak like go out to the beyond and they find him and stuff, and they come back as like Sith leaders, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like and we we learn a little bit about his character in the MMO, in the MMO, and and it's 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 nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. Spiceness says Darth Vitiate or Vitiate. Like that. Yeah, that's right. That's the one. <laughs> I think I, it's Vitiate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that that's the emperor, right? It's the Sith Vitiate or something like Darth Vitiate or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it just gets it gets to the point where the the powers become so extreme that yeah, it, it's, it's like not fun anymore. Honestly, right. <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's like please stop creating planet killing weapons. It's in a, Star Wars. It's a game genie. Like, it's a dark side is. game genie. It is. Wow, it is. I love that. Now on the other side of the game genie, though, uh, Corey, you did ask this before the show, and I want to. I want to I want to jump into this because you did send us all these force powers, and uh, there there are a bunch of them. Again, we've we've weirdly promoted Wikipedia a ton of times in this episode, but Wikipedia is I would say the greatest fan creation in the history of fandom media. So head over there. You got an afternoon. Check out the dark side force powers. But let's go around and check out some of our favorites here. Wes, you are clearly the most evil out of all of us. So <laughs> which one of these force powers really kind of stole your heart and and we'll kind of go down where our listeners can find out about them okay so this one is called eternal hatred so eternal <laughs> hatred wait that's a metal a- band <laughs> i was in in eighth grade <laughs> dark side power eternal hatred is a force power used by darth scion during the time oh, yeah, of the old guy. republic allowed him to use a dark side force to focus his anger to survive or survive injuries that would normally kill him, but he would on numerous occasions he left his body in a heavily scarred state. That's awesome. You can see the battles you've been through, but you you get to restore yourself by hating people. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> this not so- great. It sounds a bit like Maul in Clone Wars, doesn't it? Like that. Pretty that's much. how he. This guy. Just, that's how he describes. Look at this guy. What? You remember this guy? God. He was in the first coach. The second, second coach game. This guy was so scary. I remember that because I played that as a kid, and it was like. It was kind of traumatizing, honestly. That guy was so freaking scary. When he's just like in the hallway oh looking God. at you from a yes. distance, and yeah, in the low lights, like that was that was a very scary scene. In that That's game. the cutout you need, Charles. You need that. Cutout. I don't need that. I don't need that behind me. I just pictured oh Wes stubbing his toe in real life and then trying to use eternal hatred to leave his scarred body. 
everybody usually just screams, and I just sit there in complete silence, just, just shaking and turning red. Well, that being said, though, there there is a little bit of, and I, and I always love finding the real world, real world like things in Star Wars, right? Where if you get super angry when you're hurt, it does alleviate pain, like men, like mentally, right? You can like fool yourself in like into thinking you're not hurt. As much by like screaming, isn't that a thing? I feel like that's medicinal. Yeah, it's I, a thing yeah, that I do that every day. But on, on my way to work, <laughs> there are, there <laughs> are genuinely scream. studies. There are genuinely studies that show that cursing after you injure yourself makes the pain less. I that love it. That's why I do it. History of Star Wars. Then Netflix, check it out. Uh, so Wes, Eternal Hatred, a great one, and Kotor two. So following that craziness, uh, if you want to see more of that, Ned Seal Republic two. Older game, I think it's coming to actually like iOS and stuff soon, so you can play it on your phone. Uh, Are they finally adding the second one to iOS? I haven't seen that. I saw That's an announcement rad. they were going to do it. I don't know if there's a release date, but they definitely okay. should. Crazy. Uh, Charles, what about you? You, All Mr. Right. Like, I can't hurt a fly in my Mass Effect game. So that being said, <laughs> I'm going to choose one that I think might be the most evil of any of them in like... Okay, you just you guys tell me what you think. It's but it's I, capitalism, I'm, isn't it? It's capitalism. <laughs> I, I'm choosing I'm choosing the memory walk, and it's something that we don't see Ooh. often at all, even within Legends. It actually first came out in. So you remember, uh, Rob Nice? He was talking about the Brian Daly Han Solo trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's like counterpart was L. Neil Smith's uh, Lando Calrissian trilogy, and right. it actually first appeared in in one of those in the Flame Wind of uh, of Ocean. But then it was also in the Legacy comics later on with Cade Skywalker. And you basically Mm -hmm. just get inside your enemy's head and you make them relive all of their absolute worst moments like endlessly. Is that not just horrific? (laughs) That's the worst thing I can think. Wes is way too entertained by this. I'm like not. (laughs) Imagine continuously living your most embarrassing, painful, and terrifying experiences. No. To, to the point where it almost seemed to cause physical pain. Is the <laughs> Jeez. So, and you said, so that's the uh, L. Neil Smith, Lando Carissian adventures in the Legacy comics? Uh, yes, that's the only places that we see it in all of Legends. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll go next, and I'll let Corey let you bring us home here. Uh, I want to talk about something that a lot of people may not know is a dark side power, and that is the Force Bond. Which people may remember most famously from Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, the bond that Rey and Kylo share. This is actually a dark side ability, uh, which allows people to communicate between the Force visually and emotionally. And they say a big part of it um, is is having it be used to manipulate people uh, based on your voices and actions, which can also be seen in Star Wars Rebels between Ezra Bridger and Maul. Uh, Maul... Uh, tricks Ezra into thinking that he's around all the time, which kind of drives him a little crazy, uses an influence to make him think certain things. Um, and I, I just really wanted to bring this one up because it's it's an interesting look at obviously a power that has been um, very widely talked about because of Last Jedi. But I think it's really interesting that something that is is about connecting people is of the dark side. Because it, uh, it is very interesting. Yeah, inherently, I never made I never made that connect that connection either. Like, yeah. uh, in the second Kotor game, you have that that sort of bond with the with the witch lady, Kreia. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, that's kind of like and they that. can lie to you. They straight up can. The wiki, the Wikipedia article is pretty interesting. It says uh, it said Quinlan Voss and uh, Ala Secura had one at one point as Padawans mm-hmm. in yep. Legends. It's pretty Some interesting. Some of those Legends so, comics. So there are a yeah. ton of appearances in this. Most recently, in Light of the Jedi. Uh, it is mentioned in Master and Apprentice. It's in, obviously, all the Last Jedi uh, material, all the comics, things like that. But that is what I wanted to bring up just because I think, again, I think it's, it's pretty popular. And we might think it's all good, but, you know, the Jedi mm. say connection uh, leads to the dark side, right? So this is, this is canon knowledge. And if you pick up the, I think it's the, not the Book of the Sith, but the, the, the Jedi Code, I think. Yeah, the Jedi Code, that's the other one. Uh, they talk about it in there. So, Interesting. Force Bond. No, so no. In, in The Rise of Skywalker, yes, sir. is Kylo the one that's doing the Force Bond the whole time? Creating it after? I mean, because Palpatine already said he bridged their minds. 
Well, I think that's a great question because I think as far as we're led to believe, answered, I guess. Yeah, like Palpatine created it, so out of dark side energy, because that's what he uses, right? So once it's created, it could probably be used by light and dark. But I think that it it the bond itself is of the dark side, which I find very interesting. Corey, bring us home with some horrors that'll make Wes giggle like a schoolchild. I have a uh, two of them. <laughs> I, I have t- I have two of them. The first one is just like, just freaking scary. Look at this picture too. Hold on, I gotta I gotta switch it over here. Uh, the Force Rend. This is a Force ability that enabled Force users to telekinetically lift and violently contort another individual. This is like like blood bending from oh, Avatar: Last God. Airbender. Like that is horrible, right? Like, yeah. Can you imagine Darth Vader not just like choking them, but like. You know, holding him up and like breaking Breaking. his spine backwards, like what the heck? It's a little bit of like what we see in Rogue Uh, One when he—I mean, he just throws them up onto the onto the ceiling, but he does do like the fist like clench. You can tell he does something. Yeah, right, right. Love that. Yeah, that that one's crazy. And the other (laughs) one is the—it's the one that I sent you guys earlier, which kind of made me laugh. It's called Deadly Sight. Uh, yeah. This is by uh, <laughs> by channeling this ability of Force user harness fury and hatred, <laughs> and then projected them through an intense glare onto the victim. As long as that victim was in the practitioner's range of vision, mm-hmm. the deadly sight would have then blistered the skin and vaporized extremities, which is freaking crazy. Like, oh, I hate God. you so much, I just look at you and your arms blow off. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Dangerous in the wrong hands. Do you want to tell us the context behind that, Corey? Uh, oh yeah, I said I, I told uh, <laughs> I told the guys here that uh, it's what Caitlin does to me when I refuse to take the dogs out in the middle of the night. <laughs> the deadly sight. Which you do deserve. Yeah, I also want to call out. Uh, Spice in the chat says, "For ridiculous dark side powers, I nominate the Legends Force. The Legends Force Scream for the confrontation of Mace Windu with Sidious. It's described as a bestial Sith war cry." So uh, that's what that's what he does whenever he power. leaps over the desk, right? Yeah, when he goes <laughs> and he corkscrews. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, funny. That's awesome. And there's there's just so many cool dark side powers. And I think as we as we kind of wrap up this segment, the, I think the key is that. And tell me if I'm wrong here, guys. The dark side is at its best when it's fun, when it's a little more powerful, because you know we need mm-hmm. to have that moral conundrum. But there mm-hmm. is a limit. There is a yeah, limit. It's defeatable. <laughs> it has to be. De- it has to be defeatable. Yeah, you know? and, the, and I think that's the that's the key. You got to teach kids that it's powerful to defeat darkness. Yeah, unlike the Genosis level, that one cannot be. <laughs> that is pure <laughs> darkness. That is the pure planet darkness. killer. <laughs> um, and oh my and God. before we we talk about a couple other things we got going on in Utini and get on out of here, I do want to mention. Um, speaking of of being able to defeat darkness, this is going to be a weird segue. But, but uh, next week's show. Actually, I want I want to give a little preview because uh, we don't really do that a whole lot. We don't we don't get you guys into our planning process. But next week's show is actually going to be a a show similar to one we did last year. We did a show called State of the Fandom, where we talked about kind of how the Star Wars community is doing, how uh, different narratives are, are are rising to the top. If everyone's kind of okay, if there's too much anger, if there's too much whatever. And in the last few months, especially. Uh, we we've noticed some things both internally and externally, frankly, that have been that have been hard in this community. And next week, we're gonna just have a nice conversation amongst ourselves about things we can do to put as much light into this fandom while also maintaining accountability, but also not losing ourselves in the process. And I think that's a conversation that a lot of people are trying to have nowadays, and it's a hard one. And it is one though that we thought was was pretty important to, to just kind of address in this, this first month of a new year with a lot of new changes before we dive into a truly wonderful roundtable discussion. I think it'll be something nice to uh, just kind of get our thoughts on. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to let everyone know that that's coming. And uh, it's going to be a little different show next week, next week, right, guys? Yep, absolutely. All right, so we will be here next Monday night, of course, talk all about that there will be still be fun there will still be shenanigans don't get me wrong mm. uh we yeah i think we i think we really just want to kind of have an intellectual discussion yeah. on like what's the best way to be a star wars fan because yeah. like we we talk about that a lot like we have our code that we play at the end of every episode and stuff and it's like what is it what does it mean to be positive in the fandom are you allowed to be critical like what where do you draw the line yeah. i think that's 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 a discussion that that 
more people should be be having, I think, is like is when does criticism become a problem, right. right? When does crapping on something become a problem? When is is it okay to do that at all? I don't know. I think it's I think it's a fun a fun sort of thought experiment to sort of have. And you guys know what we think about like kind of being positive and stuff. But I think uh, you know I think sometimes we lose sight of that a little bit. And I think it's important to sort of try to reset and re-understand exactly what what it is it's it's like defining morality in a lot of ways yeah so i think that's that's what we need to do and, and we we are absolutely fallible and i think that we we are four really good friends that love talking star wars every week and we run a company that loves pan- cranking out a bunch of star wars content but we get stuff wrong we will continue to do that and a lot of people will and i think we just want to have a frank conversation because you all trust us with your airspace you trust us with an hour or so out of your week so if you haven't been able to have a conversation with some of your friends, hopefully our talks can maybe help that out a little bit. But that is next week. Until then, we want to let you know that we still got a ton of stuff coming your way to make you happy, to lift your days. We got the Star Wars Archives just dropped a new episode today with Birthday Boy Joxie. Going to keep plugging that, um, where they talked all about Kylo Ren, as a matter of fact. So if you want more dark side knowledge, definitely head over there. Wes, Utini Game Night. We skipped last week. I believe. What's what's the deal? What's 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 next? What's this? What's the schedule looking like? This week, Andrew is going to pick up um, his conquest of Jedi Outcast. Oh, fantastic! So he, um, yeah, he started a Jedi Outcast about a month ago. We played a good two or three hours, and then so he's going to pick up from where he left off. Um, we're going to get some good footage off of that and throw it up on throw it up on the Twitter and our social media um, our social media channels. So. Be, be sure to look for that. He's going to do that on Wednesday um, around 7 p.m. All right. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> and, fair. Uh, yeah. But I think we're going to start moving uh, Utini Game Nights to every other week. So, you know, get more, um, make you want it a little more when it comes up. Ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and you know what you, you also want, if you haven't yet, you want to see Andrew Bell's mustache as he plays video games. I don't know if you have tuned in. <laughs> That is uh, that is something key. Uh, we also want to shout out the Legends Lookback crew, who are in the middle of their Knights of the Old Republic roundtable series, and did a live tweetathon today with John Jackson Miller, uh, the writer of so much Knights of the Old Republic content. He did an AMA on Reddit. Uh, Corey, that is your book database here. There we go. Uh, John Jackson Miller did an AMA today, and the Legends Lookback crew. Live tweeted it, and he tweeted them back. So if you want to hear more about John Jackson Miller's creative process, head over to the Legends Look Back Twitter, where they uh, covered it in a beautifully comprehensive way. Really proud of them. Of course, Meg, who did all that, is also the host of Cafes, which is coming out every other week. The Conj Book Club is going every Saturday, talking about Light of the Jedi. Check that out. Charlie and I got the Ghost Crew coming out every other week. There's just, there's just a lot of great stuff. And I'm really... Really thankful for all y'all that are listening. There's going to be Patreon surveys coming your way to see what we can do for you better in those ways. But on that note of darkness, hatred, and depravity, (laughs) that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, head on over to Discord and join our Aftermath After Show video channel to hang out for our after party for just a hot minute. A special thank you, as always, goes to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Kyle Hickman, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter at Eric Eilerson, MD, at C. Hankel, and at Boss West. A special thank you goes out to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, your producer and community manager, you. Thank you to Corey Charles and Wes for podcasting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.